You're listening to In The Mix, the podcast about the Great British Bake Off. And this week we're back for desserts. My name's Gria and I'm here with JP as always. Hey JP. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm excited because as it's dessert week, it means that Prue Leith is back in the running. She's allowed to speak again after bread week. <laughs> She's allowed to have an opinion. She is. She's back. And I feel like Prue, I think she likes Dessert Week. It seemed to be her sort of thing, really. Um, Especially with the beginning signature challenge, I associate pavlovas, which is what they had to make, with quite a, you know, family gathering. Quite sophisticated, you know, uh, after your dinner or a buffet or something. And I feel like Prue, she knows what she's talking about when it comes to pavlova. I feel like it's Prue in dessert form. Yeah, I feel like it's quite a quintessential British thing. It's the, I was going to say the Mary Berry of desserts, but obviously we can't say that, you know, <laughs> no. previous years. But yeah, it's the Prue Leith of desserts. Um, yeah, it was nice to see her back in her element this week. And um, obviously we'll talk about the technical later, but she set the technical as well. So there was a lot less of Paul going around poking things and just slightly more calm and gentle and British. Exactly. There was not a lot of free time like last week for Prue to, you know, start drinking everyone's brandy or whatever was going into uh, the bakes. Brandy bread? Mm. No. Anyway. Mm. Yep. Uh, So the signature challenge, as I've said, it was a pavlova. They didn't really give a lot of um, information about what it had to be. It just had to be a pavlova of your choice with your flavours. And it was two hours and 45 minutes long to create they did say that it needs to be uh, crispy on the outside and then nice and soft in the middle um, and it was the main thing to try and make it not crack that was what the bakers seemed to be dealing with yeah it's a tricky one now for me i'm allergic to egg white so i can't eat meringue Aww. so when we have i know so when we have pavlovery task or meringue task i'm sitting there on the sofa going well i'm out um, I think it's the reason why I can never do Bake Off myself because I don't know what it's supposed to be like. But it seems to be this really tricky thing. You can't have um, you can't have it too soft. So there was one of them that was very marshmallowy inside. Um, don't even get us started on Mallow going back to previous <laughs> series of In The Mix. Uh, just flicked yeah. up in my head there. Um, you can obviously get them where they, they crack too much. So it's all about mixing it the right amount, baking it the right amount. It seems very, um, yeah, very temperamental. Quite tricky. Yeah, it definitely seemed quite tricky. And someone who did have a bit of a tricky dessert week, we're going to start with because she basically ran the show this week is Prue too. See, I knew it was like a Prue themed week. Maggie, she started the entire episode (laughs) off by saying, well, I never eat dessert, which bodes very well. Um, And annoyingly, she did her standard thing again. She was just being too simple. She was like, right, for my pavlova, it's going to be a very traditional pavlova. Frozen fruit, summer fruits, uh, a raspberry coulis. Um, And I just thought, Maggie, you are not excelling. And unfortunately, it it looked already from the beginning like it was going to be her week. Did you think she played it too safe yet again? Completely. I think every time that Maggie says the word classic or traditional, I just roll my eyes because you think she'd learn from, I think, even the second week, whenever she went for something traditional or classic, she was just getting it wrong. And the judges have said to her a few times now, you know, if you play it too simple, then you've got nowhere to hide. And every time she's done that, she's not executed it well enough. Um, so yeah, I, when she started this week saying that, I thought, gee, you know, she still hasn't learned again to mix up a little bit. And I think it goes back to that discussion we've had before of when um, they dis- decide what bakes they're going to have, when they're going to discuss what they're going to do. 
do they do the whole series before the series? Because otherwise, surely, if they're doing it week on week, she would turn around and go, well, maybe I'll change it up this week so that it's not so obvious. You know, I'm going to go with a crackalan pavlova. So if it's got cracks all over it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> she doesn't think of mixing it up at all. She's like, I'll do it traditional and do it well. And then never does it well. Exactly. It can't just be that thing. I mean, I don't want to say, but I am, that is it because she's an older lady? Is it because she's, you know, a bit fearful of trying new things or new flavours? That seems really stereotypical. So I don't want it to be that. As you say, I hope it is that she's just thought, these are my strengths. I'm going to play to them, you know, the traditional stuff that I know and love and I've been making for years. And then maybe she's been forced to stick with it. But she did say in her... um, a little bit to camera she said there's no real need to enhance things she said that to paul and prue and they both looked to her like really this has been your problem and we've told you about it for like the last three weeks ever since brandy snaps i, I think when she went traditional it's just been that not her thing yeah this, this is the bake-off maggie you do this once in your life and the reason that you're on the bake-off is obviously to prove that you can bake hopefully but also to be a bit out there and produce something that's going to get us all talking on social media and going to have you know people wherever they are chatting about what they're making not i'm going to make a traditional pavlova and make a sort of half-assed effort exactly i couldn't believe it when they said frozen fruit because other people they've been really like pushing the boat out you know they want to show the flavor combinations that they could do you know they wanted to show all the different techniques people were trying to make it look really nice we had freya with her um meringue pipe to in different colors we even had george he was trying his best to add some yellow to his but no we had maggie going frozen fruit that's what we'll use I know. And it's that tricky thing as well, because, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of thinking in my head, I'm really sounding quite negative about Maggie. But the reason I'm sounding negative about her is because I really like Maggie. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, I want you to do well here. And um, yeah, it's always frustrating when obviously it's easy for us as armchair bakers to be looking at this and going, listen to the advice. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a shame she didn't really for this one. No, I know. I think... In contrast to Maggie, though, we had somebody this week who was really going over the top and working doubly hard than everyone else to try and make their bakes work in dessert week. And that's Freya, because she's sticking to her guns to stay vegan, to stay using the aquafaba stuff um, and to not use anything other than in the technical challenge where she might have to that isn't vegan. Mm. But it caused quite a lot of problems this week especially with the pavlova. She was sort of saying that the meringue she was making was less stable than everyone else's. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting one. And again, as we've gone through the series, and as Paul said at one point, we're over a third of the way through now. um, It's really interesting that Freya is sticking with those ingredients. But I really like the fact she's doing that. She's sticking to the vegan theme. Um, Aquafaba is something obviously we've heard about on Bake Off before. They've used it in Vegan Week in the past. And it's it's quite a new... no it's not a new thing but it's something that's that's up and coming and a lot of people are starting to use aquafaba at home um i've got to admit with some of the the recipes we cook at home i had some aquafaba left recently when we used chickpeas in a recipe and i thought no do you know what i'm just gonna sit there and whisk it up with some sugar and see what it does and it's quite fun to have a go with it and say for me being allergic to egg white i can't eat meringue unless it's made with aquafaba um but she yeah she stuck to her guns with this one what was interesting is the fact she almost sort of gave that disclaimer at the beginning of, you know, I'm going to make an aquafaba meringue disclaimer. It's not going to work. Um, you know, just ignore some of the elements. But she gave it a go. And, and I, I think 
Unfortunately, she didn't manage to pull it out of the bag with flavours. I think with the meringue, you know, if you're making a pavlova and you're making an aquafaba meringue, then as long as your flavours are okay, if the meringue doesn't quite go well um, or the texture's not quite there, you can still redeem yourself. But it was a shame because when it came to it, she made a peach melba um, pavlova, which looked quite nice, though it was messy with the... um, with the sort of cracks and everything from the aquafaba but she didn't quite get the flavors either and i think that that's the the thing that's going to be tricky for her because if she can't quite execute it well with the vegan ingredients she's using she's got to deliver on that flavor still yeah exactly i think you're right you know freya's got to do everything you know amazing because as you say there was a bit of a disclaimer at the beginning oh well it's going to be a vegan style so it's not going to be as good anyway <laughs> but you know i've got to make sure that every everything else that i put into it is good and her flavor combination mm. as you say peaches and raspberry that's really good i can feel how that's meant to taste already on my tongue it sounds tangy and amazing yeah. um but paul was like yeah he didn't really taste it very well which isn't what you want and when they cut into her pavlova you could see it sort of a bit crispy on the outside, but where she had put, you know, the fruit and the coolie in the middle, it was just a bit mushy. I mean, it was just a bit mm. sloppy, I think was the word that they used. So, yeah, I was wondering, is she going to com- completely stick to her guns with the veganism and um, adapting each bake? Or will she go, you know what, I'm actually a really, really good baker and these ingredients are sort of letting me down. And... I don't know. Will she switch at some point? I don't know if she can now. Mm. She is the post and vegan <laughs> person on the Bake Off. So she might just go out one week because her ingredients let her down, not her skill. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's going to be interesting as well later on if we start going into sort of pork pie realm like we've had in the past, and if we have meat pies and things like that, particularly oh, if yeah. it's for a, a technical, she's going to be a huge disadvantage for that. So I don't know if, if she wants to stay in the competition. You're right. I think she's got to sort of keep the vegan um, element going. She, you know, obviously she's she's very committed to that. But uh, yeah, maybe she might throw that curveball in if she gets a lot further and she knows it's not going to go well. I don't know. Exactly. And someone else who has their work cut out, I think, to convince Prue and Paul that they can do style as well as the flavours is George. And he is trying to get better every week. Last week with his uh, koala bread. I mean, I thought that was excellent. Um, But now he's back to being a little bit messy um, with his pavlova. So he was trying to make a yellow patterned speculoos biscuit with lemon curd and biscuit cream. Now, speculoos or speculus or whatever. Um, is basically Biscoff, isn't it? We call it Biscoff. Yeah. They weren't going to advertise with Biscoff. They're not like Serene. <laughs> They're not going to sell their soul to the Biscoff company for it. No. I just love the fact Biscuit biscuit Cream is the new sandwich jammy biscuit. I was like, that's this week's avoidance of brand name. Exactly, it is. Um, but I quite like the technique. He did throw a bit of a curveball in with the idea of doing biscuits as well as the pavlova. So there was a moment when it was really critical for everyone to have their pavlova in for about an hour or something, their meringue. And um, they then had to sort of tease that oven door open so it didn't all crack and go flat or whatever. And it had to be completely cooled, you know, in a slow transition and people were putting like syringes and spoons and stuff in the slot of the oven door. But George, he was like, but I need to use the oven to make biscuits. So he just opened the door, got out his pavlova and stuck it in a drawer. <laughs> I mean, that was that ever going to work? I know. I, I, there was a moment because I sort of lost what was happening. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's in the proving drawer. What the I know. What is he doing? 
Um, yeah, it took, I, it took me a second watch to realise that he was breaking biscuits at the same time, and that's why. But uh, I did love in his feedback from Paul. Paul was like, yeah, that was never going to work. It was so funny, the idea that he could take it out of the really hot oven, but all that heat was yeah. going to get retained in the meringue and then put in the drawer, and it was going to do the same thing. I, it was a good idea. I wonder if he'd practised oh. it in the tent or whether he was too interested in the DVDs, because obviously that's a big thing in there. <laughs> Um, but it, it didn't work. And what was so funny is he described it as very collapsy, which I liked. Mm. Uh, and Prue, I mean, she, I think she called one of his bakes splendid the other week and he was really fixated with this. And I bet he's going to be fixated with this even more because she said, George, I think it looks awful. <laughs> I know it was brutal. From I was like, Prue is very much back this week. Yeah. She just, no holds barred, literally. The shot of George's bake, then his face, then Prue going, this looks awful. I was like, oh. Ow! So funny. I love it when Prue gets savage. It's great. Um, yeah, me too. There was another line said by Paul saying that someone else is back in the tent this week, and that's Jürgen, yes. because last week he didn't do very well in the really Italian-themed bread week. He had some sort of odd <laughs> creations, made a baby. Not like that. We didn't see that. Um, and uh, we thought, okay, Jürgen's lost his spark. He looked really sad last week in bread week. Um, but Paul mm. said with his pavlova which was an interesting pavlova that he was back and back in the game what did you think of jürgen's pavlova i liked the idea of it i thought uh passover pavlova which is such a mouthful to say um <laughs> Tongue twister. yeah it was a nice <laughs> it's like bleh. um it was a great combination great idea i was a little bit confused when um the the sort of they, they showed the bake for the first time we had these mats uh, triangles coming off the top I was like matza on top of a pavlova slightly strange but um yeah I thought it was a great theme and it was nice it was good to see him smiling again and Paul um going for the the, the fact that Jürgen was back which was uh was nice yeah exactly he'd got through bread week I think he was quite happy to be back being able to make something sweet um yeah. I just thought it was a really random uh, idea I guess it wasn't random for him I guess to create sort of a Passover cake because he said that his wife is Jewish and they've started celebrating um, the Jewish festivals so I guess it was something that he was you know very used to doing but for everyone else yeah. that was sort of doing their themes of you know I'm going to use peaches there are quite a few peaches and raspberries and things Jürgen like the kipper catcher and the baby last <laughs> week uh, he just throws just a curveball in everything he does is just really quite eccentric and not like anybody else's which is great makes great tv but is also very amusing um but he wasn't the only one to do sort of a religious themed pavlova um i'm not sure how religious lizzie's was going to be but it was associated with easter um when you think of easter do you also think of baby lambs like lizzie said would that have been your first thought when thinking of an easter bake because it wouldn't have been mine no. Well, this is the funny thing with her because I loved how Paul was sort of trying to keep up with her thought process because she was like, okay, Easter bake, Easter, I think, lamb. And, and Paul was like, so you're going to do a lamb pavlova? <laughs> I know. And it's like, you, you need to connect the dots a little bit more there for me. Then she went with rosemary, which I thought, okay, fair enough. But rosemary's not really an Easter flavour. It's just something that goes with lamb. It was like Lizzie had done drunk word association and come up yes. with a sort of, sort of final bake, which for me looked more like Halloween with the really sort of garish green colour and, and everything. But that being said, I love Lizzie for the fact that she is just a little bit zany with her ideas. She's crazy out there. And um, she brings a lot of personality to her bake. So it, it, 
I just I love that bit of every episode and every bake where we go right. What's Lizzie going to do? <laughs> I know. Going, How, what What on earth is she going to come out with? I think Jurgen and her did the FA Cup draw style um, when they come up with the bakes. They did that for what bakes they were going to make. I think this time, you know, Passover Pavlova. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was brilliant from from Lizzie and actually. She did all right. It was a bit stodgy, but they they quite liked the flavours that they came out that she came out with, which was um, I think more surprising. I'm glad she didn't put lamb in it. Exactly, me too. I think mm. the first thing I'd think of if I was creating some sort of Easter themed dessert, chocolate. Come on, yeah. Easter eggs. That's what you would have done. Hot cross buns. Hot cross buns, anything like that. But yeah. no, I do agree. Lamb. Now I am going to make sure that we all look out for what is Lizzie going to say next, you know? That is going to be a feature <laughs> that we're going to have to do because she. you're right, she brings so much personality. She's hilarious. I'm actually, I'm enjoying her bakes because she is getting through yeah. and she's doing quite all right, really. But she is very, very funny at the same time. So I'm glad that she's still yeah. in. Um but for me, rosemary, putting that in your bake, I mean, <laughs> that's one thing. So it was like an infused cream, I guess. I'm just going to have a look and see what she did. Oh, yeah. Rosemary creme diplomat, which we've discussed before, me and you, creme Ooh. diplomats. Um, Lovely. A whole pavlova was purple anyway. The rosemary <laughs> creme diplomat with blueberry and a lemon curd. So there were lots of colours. And you're right, it did look a bit like Halloween. You'd have thought, okay, you could probably do kind of a nice infusion of rosemary, maybe a little bit if you had to. You know, it could have been one mm. of those elegant flavourings, something like Giuseppe would have done. But Lizzie then <laughs> completely made it her own by putting, I am assuming, because I cannot remember, food colouring into her creme <laughs> diplomat. And it came out like a Halloween green. It's like what Cadbury's yeah. do with their like scare cream eggs or whatever they're called. You know, it's that bright green stuff that you think, you know, children are going to be eating sweets like that when they've done trick or treating. So it was purple yeah. and green. <laughs> odd i mean um and she would described, somebody think of the e numbers in this you know? i know she described it looking like a swamp creature which i love yeah. do you think she was getting at shrek do you think they the first take they went she was like it looks like shrek and the guy was like sorry we haven't been able to say biscoff you're definitely not allowed to say shrek so come up with something else i've got it that is the dvd she was watching oh, in the practice tent that That's was this what week's was. dvd that's what George was distracted by as well. Shrek. <laughs> I bet it is. Right, let's tweet her. Let's find out. Let's move on to the technical challenge now, because Lizzie said at the beginning that pavlova really didn't seem like a dessert for her, and instead, dessert for her was something like a sticky toffee pudding. And she preempted it. She guessed what the technical was going to be. So Prue wanted them to make four sticky toffee puddings with, as Noel said, a sticky toffee sauce... We, we've begun to understand oh, yeah. what that meant, you know, um, with <laughs> tweel triangles and creme anglaise. So uh, my boyfriend, when he was watching this, because he loves sticky toffee pudding, was like, why do they have to have it with something fancy? Why can't they just have it with cream or ice cream? And I was like, yes, but creme anglaise, yeah. what do you think that is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a runny custard. Yes. Um, English but, cream. But, why did they think about the twill? And I've got to admit, I, I agree with your boyfriend on that one. I was sitting there and I was thinking, let's just make a nice sticky toffee pudding with the sauce and the, the creme anglaise. Fair enough. But why do we have to stick some sort of sesame seed twill on top? It was very, very strange. It um, was really and, weird. The twill looked like something yeah. that you'd buy at the garden centre to put out on the bird table. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's so I was true. Like, I'm pretty sure I've bought this for my nan before. <laughs> very odd 
But yeah, I, I have no idea why they had to do the twill. It didn't add anything, did it? No. And, and again, it's that thing of when you uh, saw them all on the gingham altar at the end, after seeing the example ones, which I still want to know if Paul and Prue make them or if they've got some sort of food team out the back who, who make them, which I'm sure is really what happens. Um, but theirs were sort of beautifully standing up and, you know, symmetrical and everything. And then you go to the gingham altar and whenever you get anything like twills or things like that, you have nine different ways of setting them out. Some are laying them down. I mean, Maggie had no other choice. Um, you've got some that look brilliant. I mean, Chiggs, who... Um, I mean, Chiggs, who got a handshake as well, we should say, for the, the signature for his Pavlova. Yes. He did very, very well. Um, his his looked very good and were standing up the right way. But other ones we had crossed over, laying over, drunk to one side, you know. But we didn't need it on a sticky toffee pudding. What's, what's that all about? I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you've had your massive meal and you want a little dessert, you're like, right, sticky toffee pudding, it's the best. You want it to be yeah. nice and saucy. You want your custardy ice cream or whatever to go with it. You don't think twill. And if it comes with a twill, <laughs> it's like having a wafer in ice cream or anything. You will leave it. Yeah. Or I would leave yeah. it. Um so I, it didn't add anything, and you're right, I like how everyone placed it differently. I don't know why, anyway, that Prue wanted them to display it like a tr- like a pyramid thing. Yeah. I don't get it. Why? <laughs> Made no sense. And then the sticky toffee puddings, I thought they'd be bigger. They look like bite-sized sticky toffee puddings, to be honest. And then the yes. fact that the whole presentation was weird. It was just on a long tray, four little sticky toffee puddings with the tweels. We don't know what they are. And then you had just two jugs, one with the sauce in and one with the creme anglaise. And it's like, okay, this is some sort of deconstructed uh, technical challenge. It was just weird. Um, But I think the tweels kind of went all right for people. I think Amanda sort of forgot to cut hers while it was still warm. So hers was sort of breaking off a bit. Um, And... Even Maggie, who had a shocking nightmare when it came to the sticky toffee pudding itself, they said her twills were okay. So I guess they didn't really have that much skill involved in those. So (laughs) why did we need to make them in the first place? Um, I know. Having said that, Freya did have a little, little tiny bit of a disaster with the twill when she dropped uh, the actual sort of sheet (laughs) that she was making onto the floor and then asked, do you think you'll be all right if I still use it? Oh, yeah. But do you know what? A little secret for you here. Any kitchen or cooking show that you see on TV, they are always filthy. So I watched, I I went and watched a cooking show years ago being filmed. I was sat in the audience and I remember uh, um, when they were cooking, it was one of these shows where, I don't want to name name and shame. um, Just do like the biscuit cream style name and shame, you know, the bake off, don't use the actual term. It was it was it was a, a BBC cooking show where they had uh, red tomatoes and green peppers. Oh, I love back that in the one. Day. And um, yeah, I went and watched that being filmed, and it's hilarious because at, at the time the audience was sat behind the kitchen, so it looks you know really shiny set from the front, and then you look behind it, and literally you've got like you know wooden kitchens that you see all this MDF. You got plug sockets that are hanging off the back of the unit you've got a gas a gas bottle a sink that literally goes to a bucket underneath um and uh, i remember someone in the audience asking oh do, you know do the audience not get to try the food or the crew or anybody like that and they were literally for that show they used to um make the food the the 
judges or a host, I can't remember who it was now, yeah. used to try the food. And then literally it went, used to go in the bin because the, the kitchens weren't that clean. They oh, weren't, no. it's, it's a TV studio. Like nobody goes around and cleans them between. It, it, yeah, it's filthy. So I imagine the bake-off tent is similar to that in the fact that, um, yeah, they will have people doing the washing up and stuff like that. But uh, I, I wouldn't have served something off the carpeted floor of the bake-off tent. I mean, no. what are you doing? You'd have all the people running around, you know, doing all the errands, trying to get, you know, this thing to that person. I, you'd have had lots of feet going over that. So, but I, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have made my twill again because it's only a twill. If it was the sticky toffee pudding, you'd have thought, <laughs> you pr- I'll probably need to do that again. But it kind of landed yeah. like half on the floor and then half not. So I think she kind of got away with it. And you're right, I couldn't well, be bothered rough. to do it again. No. So I'd have just gone with it. No. <laughs> I'd, have uh, just, I'd have just cut that bit off and then been like, yeah, I'll put the rest of it in the oven. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Maggie, we need to talk about Maggie <laughs> because she is having a disaster. And I laughed so hard when she flipped out her sticky toffee pudding and put it on the tray. Uh, it, it was a moment that is going to go down in Bake Off history, I believe, because <laughs> it was very, very funny. And she was sort of all right going going through. I know they don't get very many instructions, but she was adamant that she had done everything, hadn't missed anything out. Um, but she, come on, as a baker, she should know that to make a sponge, you know, sticky toffee pudding is a sponge. You're going to need uh, a flour in it. You just are. Yeah. But the thing that she did was read the instructions. And then on the other side, there was just one bullet point left saying add the flour. And she didn't read that bit. Now, so there's a couple of things here. First of all, as we've said about her for the last couple of weeks, she is one of the older bakers in the tent. And so you're right. Surely she must know that sticky toffee pudding as a cakey pudding is going to have flour. And she did turn around at one point and said when she was putting the butter and sugar in the mixer, she was like, I haven't put the flour at this point which is a bit weird. So I'm going to read the recipe again. And obviously she read it again, but it didn't occur to her. And then the other thing I thought about, I didn't think about it yesterday when I watched it, but I thought about it when I watched it again this morning, is the fact that during the bake, Noel comes over and adds some extra steps to her thing about pushing Paul in a ditch and this, that and the other. So I'm guessing that the flower instruction was step whatever on that bit of paper instead of that. So I'm wondering if when he's done that Maggie's sort of gone oh I don't need a bit of paper now Noel's written all over it or don't know why it was here and that's where she's missed the instruction because well I, yeah I don't know it's really straight I'm I'm I was confused by that but it's the old adage that as a former teacher we tell our children to read every side of paper front and back in a test yeah come on Maggie I know always read the yep. question right always so. read the question and there's always going to be flour in a bloody sticky toffee pudding I know oh Maggie I just maybe she was in a bit of a flap because of the signature pavlova didn't go too well for her maybe she was like I really need to do well but yeah maybe you're right about Noel slightly sabotaging it distracting her but the bottom yeah. instruction it couldn't have I mean it didn't say at the bottom <laughs> yeah. and then put in the oven did it like on that first page no. she got to it and it was probably like add this add that and then it didn't say and put in oven you could have gone on to the next page and saw add flour you know so she kind of just whacked it in the oven before it's time i think (laughs) i don't know maybe she was just really distracted yeah they always put bake on as an instruction so obviously the flour would have come in before then yeah you know bake and then mix in the flour um unless it was one of those things i was thinking that maybe 
um, it had on one side in a column all the ingredients and then the other side it was the column for the methodology and then you kind of turned it over and it just had one bullet point on the left as flour so it was kind of like hidden but it had said add the ingredients or something in the actual method and then it had bake because it just assumed that you'd read the whole list even though it had flour just one bullet point on the like the last page that's all i can think that actually i'm trying to save maggie here because you re how on you earth are, do you forget you? the flour <laughs> i really thought about it if i think about the typesetting and the layout of the instructions <laughs> i'm really trying to save maggie and make her feel better I'm thinking there was a, and this is this is so sad of me for remembering this, but there was a close up of the recipe because I, they had they had my favourite moment, which they always do, of in the big bold red font at the top, do not confer with the other bakers. Yes, um, and I saw around. that again on this episode. So maybe I might I might pop back and see if I can see that missing instruction and circle it and tweet it to to Maggie. Going there it is. Please the do. That would be so good. <laughs> you need to have a look at that for us so we can see whether Maggie was just having a nightmare and not reading properly or if we feel actually sorry for her we need to know um but then it was that brilliant moment when she turned out her sticky toffee pudding onto the plate and I'm sorry but it looked like something that you are told to watch out for as a symptom on the NHS website that's how I thought I could describe it um I also thought it looked like caramelized onion chutney like Paul Hollywood said yeah, and, and the twills looked like uh, seeded cracker breads for that one. So I was like, yes. this is perfect. Crackers it and works chutney. out well. Christmas. I know. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, probably didn't taste very good. Um, no. I don't remember if her caram her caramel, her sticky toffee sauce actually was any good or her creme anglaise because I was too distracted by looking at the lump of coal that was presented <laughs> on a plate. <laughs> I don't think they even tried them in the end. I've just got here, no flour, great tweels. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. But she wasn't the only one to actually mess up the sticky toffee pudding. Some people's were raw no. as well. And their sticky toffee sauce wasn't very good. So, you know, saying that sticky toffee pudding is the quintessential dessert at the beginning, it, it didn't really go well for people. No, it's, it's an interesting one. We, uh, my girlfriend and I like making sticky toffee pudding. We make a big one instead of little individual nice. ones. And it's tricky because you can't tell when they're cooked because of the colour. And Prue sort of said that last night. Obviously, if you're baking, you look for golden brown or whatever. But with sticky toffee, it's already dark brown anyway because of the ingredients. But you use the age-old thing of stick a skewer in it. And if it comes out clean, then it's baked and none of them did that yesterday they sort of you know were mind reading they were opening up the thing sort of putting a mold to their forehead and going yes it's baked and then <laughs> taking it out you know it literally was like it was just the strangest everyone's going oh uh, yes and and the best thing that we always get if one person takes it out and then everyone else is like ah you know take out your bakes and then you get one who's like i'm gonna leave it to the last moment which i think was maggie um despite the fact she was literally just burning sugar <laughs> oh, I wonder if, the, if she could smell it through the oven you would have thought <laughs> that she would know that it was wrong I know you're not allowed to confer but other people would have been like uh, Maggie is something burning <laughs> but it did happen and then Giuseppe I mean Giuseppe is one of the people that you can tell everyone in the tent thinks is like cert to be in the final him and Jürgen everyone knows that they're very very good oh, yeah. and to have Giuseppe as the one to be like did you not add your flour? Look, there it is on the instructions. <laughs> that must have been so awkward. 
to be like come on uncle giuseppe um <laughs> although his didn't his was one of the ones that was underbaked and it was there was a slight moment with him because this is where paul did go back to being king of bread because they were opening up the puddings and he was sort of sticking his finger and they're going oh this one's raw you lovely know, i can't do his liverpudlian accent but um but it was interesting because with giuseppe he sort of poked it it's like it's quite underbaked and giuseppe was a bit like oh he was almost was a bit offended by that it was like oh yeah he broke composure a a little bit you could see yeah yeah it was like um but there was some there was some really bad i mean christelle um brilliant in the um pavlova not great with the the pudding that was the first one that was quite raw freya's one was very raw inside and her creme anglaise was quite um curdled as well and amanda with her scrambled egg creme anglaise exactly i mean i just didn't really get how people couldn't have mastered the sticky toffee pudding because well you make it you've just said you make it regularly and I thought it would be quite an easy sort of task to do I know this is me as you say armchair baker but I thought it would be quite an easy thing to do but instead we had a few that were raw um it didn't help Giuseppe that Jurgen was back top in the technical challenge he was given first place um and obviously last place had to be Maggie because, I mean, you couldn't eat that at all. You couldn't even try it. She'd forgot the most vital ingredient um, and it went pretty badly. So Jürgen, he's, he's climbing back up there. He's doing all right. Um, but Maggie, she wasn't having her week. And I, I thought after that, she was certainly going to leave. She was definitely going to be the one to go. I don't even feel like whatever she did in the showstopper, she could have saved herself. Yeah, you know, she was so far behind the others and it was that moment of, at the end of that one, everyone's going, yeah, it's going to be Maggie, isn't it? You know, Prue's got her wish. Prue too is going to be leaving the tent. Um, and, and there wasn't really I know, it was Prue's Freya. wish, unfortunately. It's so sad. I know. Um, but yeah, Freya, Freya wasn't doing the best until that point. But um, yeah, you know, Maggie was so far below Freya, it was unreal. Let's move on to the Showstopper Challenge now. Um, It wasn't really one of my favourites, to be honest. I have preferred some of the 3D biscuit scenes, you know, from your childhood toy and everything. It was a bit more fun. But this, I feel like you needed a thesaurus, or a dictionary rather, to uh, work out what on earth they are baking. If you're not a baker, especially for kind of fancier bakes, you're not really going to know what they were talking about in this. They had to make, I'm even going to butcher how you say it, a jaconde en premier, Ooh, I think. lovely. That's very English, that was. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. This is, it was one of those bakes where we're chucking a word around words like jaconde and bavoir. Yep. And it's like, oh, you know, calm yourself, guys. I know. I feel like there needed just to be a little bit more of an explanation when Noel said it at the beginning. I think people understood what it was. Um so you sort of said it was a... I, I wrote it down with some of the words to try and make it a bit easier. A celebratory <laughs> multi-layered dessert with a highly decorative jaconde collar. And it was that jaconde collar that everyone was sort of fixated on because that seemed to be like the technical bit, really. It was just sort of... Jaconde, they described as an almond sponge and it was quite a flat sponge and it's French, I imagine. And they had to sort of pipe on a design of their choosing. It could be, it literally was just open, wasn't it? It could be anything this week. Because I didn't write yeah. down a, an actual theme. I'd have, <laughs> I guess you can compare them if it was a theme. Whereas some people kept it quite sort of, you know, normal. Had, you know, strawberries piped on it or something. Something related to what their um, jaconde sponge dessert was going to be. Um, but others went quite 
mad with their ideas. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if any of the bakers, it's not really something that as a baker, like a home baker, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to make a jaconde en premier now. Um, but unsurprisingly, Jürgen did say he had already made one of those before. And it was a Star Trek themed wedding cake where two Starship <laughs> Enterprises were kissing on it. What? Who are Jürgen's friends? I mean, I don't know, but I want to meet them um, okay. in the wonderful world of Jürgen. <laughs> it's a weird one, though, because the, the Jaconde, we've had sponges like this before. I mean, we've had um, a few years ago, we had Swiss rolls that had this sort of pipe design on and then they done that. So the idea of piping on um, something onto the sponge, we have had before um, yeah. and a few times. So I, I mean, if I was going on Bake Off then it's probably something I'd practice beforehand because I feel it's something they've done a few times over the years and will probably come up because they're going to run out eventually of, of things to do. Um, but as you say, it was just so eclectic. You had themed ones like Lizzie's one with her Liverpool skyline. And then yep. you had other ones like Freya's ones, uh, Freya's one, which was vegan. And again, came with yep. a disclaimer of it may not be very good because it's vegan. Um, and she sort of just did a, a design on um, and then you had Chig's uh, Black Forest one, which was themed around a relative's bathroom tiles. You know, it was it was so, so broad. Um, but that really opened up for people to um, impress. That's true. I think it did. I think that it was it was a bit of a design challenge. And I guess maybe mm. it's it's not necessarily something that I would eat because I'm not really a jelly fan and a lot of the things mm. that they were creating was quite jelly-like. Um, and it was sort of jelly, bavoir, uh, coolie, um, and then obviously the jaconde. So it was just lots of different flavours, but it wasn't anything that I was like, oh, yes, I would like to try that, you know. Um, Jürgen, he went with a sort of wacky theme. Unfortunately, he didn't stick with the Star Trek. He could have just not said and then recreated the same thing. He went with a Henry VIII cake. And now what I liked about it at the beginning is that the voiceover said that it wasn't just going to be sort of correct baking-wise. Uh, he was going to actually pipe round the side of his jaconde collar um, an actual music notes to the tune of a, a song or a piece of music that was composed by Henry VIII for Catherine of Aragon. It was the actual music notes. I know. And he was going, he was singing like, dun, 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 as it was going around to just check that he'd got it right. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the composition. You know, I'm not so up on my Tudor compositions like Jürgen. But yeah, I mean, that man, he, he is like an encyclopedia for very random stuff. He is. I, I, do you know, what, I loved that. And I thought that was such a, a, such a Jürgen thing to do, wasn't it, really? And um, I mean, I live just down the, the road from Hampton Court palace you know uh, henry the eighth's palace so i was like this is great love a bit of the cheese <laughs> it's but, local to uh, me <laughs> it's, it's wonderful but i think my favorite bit about the whole thing with jürgen's one when they um uh when he presented it at the end and they you know spoke about the bubbles in his white wine jelly first of all he's made a white wine jelly i mean i'm not gonna not gonna complain about the bubbles let's drink um but <laughs> it's it was the thing about the black pepper and it, it was weird because when he was talking about his mint and black pepper layers i was like that's gonna be disgusting but um Prue and paul couldn't get the black pepper and he said oh yeah so it's, it's a real slow burner and it will come through in a moment and um Paul told him, you know, can you, can you sing for us while we wait? And he sung the composition around the outside. And literally I was like, oh my God, oh, bless him. And then Paul at the end going, oh, there's the black pepper. There we go. I know. I like, I'm <laughs> glad he did that 
because I was watching and I didn't put two and two together that he was actually singing the composition. I thought it was yeah. just a like Paul mocking the slightly nerdy kid at school being like, oh, well, we will wait for your black pepper then if you say it's a slow burner, sing the entire top 40 and then we'll see it. It seemed really like it just an odd thing to do, but now it makes a lot more sense. Paul just wasn't being rude, <laughs> being like, oh, well, we'll wait a long time. Do you want to sing for us? Instead, he did actually sort of, it was it was to do with the bake. Okay, I take it back. I, I like yeah. Paul a bit more now. I thought he was just being rude to poor Jürgen. <laughs> and anyone, it seems, that's rude to Jürgen is going to get shouted at by the entirety of Twitter because everybody loves him. Oh, yeah. So. Everybody. Everybody loves Jürgen. Exactly. So, yeah, Jürgen's flavour combinations, the mint and black pepper, the strawberries, white chocolate bavoir. I mean, mad. But he wasn't the only person mm. to do sort of quite mad... Um, flavors this time everyone seemed to do really quite weird stuff um so we had uh let's have a look um freya let's do freya because she obviously had to make it vegan again and so she didn't want to use gelatin so it was lots of aquafaba again in her swiss meringue and something that um she said is because everyone was making a, a round jacond collar but because the um Jacond making it vegan wasn't very bendy or very stretchy she had to do it like rectangles and for me we've talked a lot about following the brief you know was that following <laughs> the brief I know that she wants to make it vegan but it wasn't a collar was it she just made a sort of rectangular cake so that was a bit strange and I'm not a fan of, of jelly she did chocolate orange hazelnut and an orange jelly so I just don't think any of these are for me what did you think about yeah. Freya's sort of did following the brief but then at the same time being okay because it's vegan yeah i was i was sort of torn on this one because i when i first heard about it, i thought the same and you know i've been a real stickler for the brief this year um you and have i thought she you know again she's not following the brief and and she piped onto the um the the base of the jacon so that she had the pattern on there it didn't quite work but you know she did that side of things and then when she sort of explained that she was doing it because it didn't bend i thought do you know what she she's being quite clever with it and I, I sort of thought you know what I'll give her the benefit of the doubt she knows the limitation of the bake she's not going to do something that she knows isn't going to work um whereas the other people who haven't followed the brief I think have just completely missed it and and not even listened to the brief I think she has but but realized the limitation of her ingredients having said that it didn't look very neat and I think when you're going to do um I, I mean in itself it was weird because loads of them made the collars which had these lines down where they did them in bits and some of them were in weird places but for Freya's one it was quite messy it just it it didn't look great um but yeah I, I suppose I was slightly more lenient on the brief for her because she she thought about it it was a good enough reason it wasn't just like oh well you know I'm just going to ignore the brief she, she sort of realized the limitations in her ingredients I suppose exactly I think you know, trying to make these jaconde empreme desserts look good and actually keep the filling in was something quite difficult this week because we had a few people who's um, kind of burst open at the seams. Amanda was one. She was doing a, another biblical. It's a very biblical week. Maybe they had a religious sort of Passion of the Christ <laughs> film after Shrek in a double billing in the practice tent um, because, yeah, it was another um, sort of Christian theme. Uh, and she was doing Adam's Temptation with caramelized apple jelly and a Calvados Bavois. And it 
she then described it when it came up as like a crime scene that she had visited because it had just burst open in the fridge and um, you had all of this red mm. coming out everywhere. Um, but I thought her design on the outside of sort of the snake going around like the apple tree was quite a good design. Um, so it was a bit disappointing mm. that it had splurged out. Um, and then who else? Let's have a look. Lizzie, as you said, she did quite a good design with the Liverpool um, skyline. She had hazelnut chocolate sponge, uh, pecans, dark, cho dark chocolate and moonshine ganache, which made me laugh um, yeah. when that came up. Um, and the fact that she presented it with a bin as well was excellent. I loved that. I loved that. And it's the way she just sort of gave it to Paul at the end of the judging. It's like, this is for you. Goodbye. Thank yes, you. I bought you a bin. To remind you of home. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then some other excellent flavours. Christelle did her coconut rum, almond and pineapple jaconde with lime jelly and coconut bavoire too. Um, but someone let's talk about him because he has been quite consistent and it's quite good because he is a lockdown baker. So he's sort of relatively new to baking, but he really pulled it out the bag for this showstopper is Chiggs. He did a Black yes. Forest Gatto jaconde. Yeah, I, I really liked the idea of his and say it made me laugh the fact that he modelled the design around his sister's bathroom tiles or whatever it was. <laughs> I um, know. But he, he had done so well in this episode. Like his, his tropical pavlova at the beginning was good. He came third in the technical. And I don't know, after two weeks of Jürgen getting Star Baker and then Giuseppe getting it last week, when it came to the showstopper, there was almost this glimpse of like, somebody else might get it. Somebody, you know, we all thought that it was going to be between Jürgen and Giuseppe every single week. And yeah. Jürgen was having a strong one as well this week. And it was like, maybe someone else could get a star baker, particularly as he'd had his handshake in the first round. So, um, yeah, it was it was really nice. And actually, I think that uh, Cheeks is someone who... I don't know, I think more and more people are going to fight for him as we go on through the series. But it was a great bake from him. And it goes to prove that you know as, as they said a few weeks ago with Sophie Faldo who had only just really started baking when she won um, a few years back that it, it can be done it can I think you're kind of when you're fixating on your new sort of obsession um, it probably helps actually if you know it's your you've yeah. just stuck into baking and now you're on Bake Off because you're excited and you want to keep learning new things and you get better and better and better and it's really fun May, whereas maybe mm. for some people like Maggie she knows that she can bake but she does doesn't have that like thrill with it anymore she doesn't mm. want to enhance it in her words she's just like oh yeah this worked I could make that whereas Chiggs is like oh I want to get better and better I want to see what this tastes like with this and I want to try that new technique and he's just growing yeah. and growing and he was quite slow and steady really this week I know he had the handshake at the beginning but you know he, he didn't I think want to get sort of carried away he was he was doing well and he was like oh I th he did say I think I might be in for Star Baker I, I, you might be there but he didn't want to just say it and jinx it it kind of felt like oh okay it might be my turn now and you're right it was so funny when he said that the um his design was because of his sister's new bathroom tiles hilarious yeah. especially when we compare that to Jürgen who's just doing a Henry VIII <laughs> composition two very different minds but both equally great um so I thought that was so funny um I think we need to talk about Maggie again I know this is a Maggie heavy oh. episode but she did completely oh. just just fall apart everywhere and you had Chiggs and his wonderful design with the star baker and then we had Maggie who there was a scene when she took her jaconde out the oven and then it was too soft. It wasn't cooked. And there was just handfuls of cake being, you know, 
grasped and then chucked in the bin. She was just like ripping it up like it was tile off the floor. It did just look horrendous. See, my thought there, and I mean, bakers of the world who listen to our podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, but I... I just sat there at that point and I thought, why on earth didn't she just put it back in the oven for a few more minutes? Yeah, I have no idea. I think she was just, I don't know, in a flap. That's all I can think. She was going, oh God, panic, panic. Because, or maybe there is just, it goes odd or something if you take it out and it cools and you put it back in. I don't know. Odd is the technical term. Can you tell? (laughs) Odd is the technical one. It goes odd. But I also love the moment where at the end of the bake once she put everything in and it had gone into the freezer to set and she was like I'm just going to hold it right up until the last second and then as soon as they were like right that's it bakers she let go and it just oozed and it just made its way out and I was I like know. oh you know there was just, I know so she was another one that it completely like splurged everywhere hmm the ooze across the bench. I love it. She was also trying to do a skyline, wasn't she? Very different from Liverpool. She was trying to do a Paris skyline with a strawberry bavoir and a strawberry coulis. And one of the um, criticisms by Paul and Prue for hers was actually, what on earth has she been doing for four hours? Because everyone else had loads of different types of things. There was jellies, you know, um, there was coulis and bavoir and there was just lots of other elements and loads of flavour combinations. Whereas Maggie, she stuck with strawberry. She drew strawberries on the outside of the jaconde collar. And when Paul was like, well, what's your other element? She was like, oh yeah, a coulis. I'm like, mm, okay. Doesn't really show a lot of skill, does it, I guess. So she shot herself in the foot having to make it twice, but then not necessarily <laughs> doing enough. It was just one flavour and sort of two small elements. Yeah, that's true. And actually, I suppose, by uh, just remember, putting the strawberries on the outside, she didn't actually have a Paris skyline on her final piece because she had strawberries on the outside of it. But it was, again, one of those moments where Maggie missed the brief. And it was a weird brief this week, as we said, there were lots of different elements to it, but also it was very vague. But one of the things they said was having two substantial elements in the 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 cake and she just didn't she wrote with a coolie it's like come on um you know it needs to be something set not just and and she did literally just like splodge it on top we saw that in the last minute she just chucked it on there so again it was another one of those moments where maggie doesn't quite listen to the brief and just goes her own way so um yeah i wasn't surprised that it got the critique it got yeah exactly it wasn't Mm. Uh, substantial enough a coolie isn't enough is what I've learned from this that's just an extra little bit you need some more substantial dessert Um, so obviously you can tell I'm sure you've watched the episode because why would you be listening to this but you can tell Maggie was going out from the beginning as soon as she said I don't even eat dessert we knew that Maggie was going to be the one going out this week because she'd had a few weeks of just not really doing very well and if anyone presents a sticky toffee pudding like that in the bake-off tent they are definitely going out that week so i think she was definitely the right person to go yeah it was it was a no-brainer this week and it was a shame because we we love maggie she's got a great personality um you know she was proved to from week one and she's been really fun to have in the tent this year but yeah she kept not quite following the brief and I don't know. I was I was getting a bit bored of the traditional classics, so I was quite glad in a way that that it was it was her week. Having said that, say a lovely person, it would be a shame not to have her laughter in the tent because she's so funny. Absolutely, she's going to be a personality that I think everyone misses in the tent going forward. Yeah. So it is sad that she's gone, but she didn't just have the edge. You know, she didn't have it like 
some of the others no. are, are actually a, a lot more creative. She was playing it safe. So, yep, sorry, Maggie, you played it safe for too long. Um, but it does mean <laughs> that people like Chiggs are being given the chance to shine. And he was obviously Star Baker, thoroughly deserved. It was nice, as you say earlier, to have someone that wasn't Jürgen and Giuseppe getting it. It was good to sort of see someone who is new to baking get it as well. So Chiggs, I thought he was well deserved for Star Baker this week too. Yeah, it was lovely. And um, it's very strange for three male star bakers so far, no female star bakers. That's quite unusual, I think. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see that. And it was a bit of a curveball. So I, I don't think if you'd have asked any of us at the end of episode three, who would be getting star baker next? I don't think anyone would have said Chiggs. He completely blew that out of the park. So um, yeah, he's going to be one to watch. I think he might go into my top four now. Ooh, exciting. That's changing up mm. a little bit. Um Yes. But yeah, I w we would definitely wouldn't have said last week that Chiggs was going to be Star Baker. We were just going to say, oh, it's yeah. Jürgen. It's always going to be Jürgen or Giuseppe. <laughs> again. Um, again. And now this is something that I that we've talked about, you know, how much of the show is prepared ahead of time to cater for the <laughs> contestants. And I'm sorry, but as soon as we heard in the roundup at the end what next week's week is going to be, I was outraged. Next week they're doing German week. Sorry, that's 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 pronounced Jurgen Week. Um, I cannot wait <laughs> for Jurgen Week. Uh, literally, as soon as that came, I, I, so I've been joking about Japanese Week again because we had Japan Week a few, you know, a couple of series back. And yeah, when they came up with German Week, I was like, "You are kidding me, right?" This is. It, I, I'm looking forward to Greek Cypriot Week coming up later <laughs> on in the series. Um, obviously, we've had Italian Week. It was just yeah, very very strange. But um, I. Well, do you know what? It's going to be tricky because if Jürgen doesn't get Starbaker next week, that that that's, you know, the pressure is on him to get that. He can only fail next week, really. That's going to be tough. I know. I think Jürgen is probably so happy since his bread week sort of blip. I think he's going to be really happy that they've got a whole German week dedicated to the food that he's eaten growing up and that he probably had started baking. They were his first sort of bakes. Um, one that I can remember is they're doing Christmas cookies, which I thought was quite nice, um, or Christmas biscuits. And um, yeah. I'm not sure about the other two that they, they've got. They were sort of showing a lot of Jürgen, telling everyone how to say different things in the German language. So it's going to be, I think, a Jürgen heavy week. Um, but as you brought up Japanese week, it did make me think because there was a lot of criticism about Japanese week last series. Even though I really liked it, I thought it was quite an interesting thing to do. I think they sort of said that it was it didn't reflect Japanese culture and was a bit weird um so i thought maybe they wanted to do international style challenges and international weeks but didn't want the backlash of getting things completely wrong or being completely tone deaf so actually they went with a few challenges like the focaccia and things and having a german week because actually they have people from those countries actually on the bake-off so they're less likely to get it wrong but then they're still able to explore international bakes yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, we've got it in October as well. There could be a nice Oktoberfest theme. We've got German Christmas market season coming up. There's there's lots of opportunity. It's a bit closer to home. So I think people can learn a bit more. Um, and I'll have to dust off my GCSE German, I think, for next week. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, and we get some glue vine. I've just remembered that from Christmas markets. I know. That's yes. what we should come with next week. Glue yes. vine. What else do they do that's really good? <laughs> German market Christmas food. Um, Something, something, uh, bratwurst. um, bratwurst, Liebkuchen, the sort of like yes, gingerbread that's uh, cake. Couldn't remember. Love, love a bit of Liebkuchen. Um, yes. Yeah. 
We'll, we'll come prepared next week. It's going to be very German. Exactly. We're going to be thinking about German food and German biscuits and things up until German week begins next week. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and thanks so much, JP, for joining me again here on In The Mix to talk all about the Great British Bake Off. I think it's been a good one and I'm looking forward to Jürgen Week, as you put it, next week. <laughs> good old Jürgen.